The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Man, was that not completely a bipolar night of Royals baseball? <laughs> Man, welcome in. It's Davo. This is your dish on Clubhouse Conversation for Game 2 of the St. Louis series. An improbable, really was, an 8-7 to come-from-behind Royals win. And for me, at least, I don't know about for you, but this was the most bipolar game all season long. Because first of all, you spot St. Louis four runs in the bottom of the second on a grand slam by Colton Wong. On yet, I mean, let's be honest, another disappointing outing from James Shields. We'll discuss that more in depth here in a minute, but Shields, as we pointed out his last start, is having a good year, no doubt. But for an ace, for a stopper, not having the kind of year you expect. But hopefully it's how you finish, and we always you know, see James Shields typically throughout his career in the early to mid-June go through a dead arm period. He normally has kind of a stretch like this if you go back and look start by start throughout his career. So it's nothing to be overly concerned about, but only five and a third for big game, James, in this one. He allowed seven runs, five of which were earned. We'll discuss more about that later. But nine hits allowed in five and a third. Only one strikeout and four walks. Just no command tonight for Shields. And his ERA is now not ace-like at 368 the only thing you could be slightly concerned about, but probably goes along with that dead arm thing, is he only has 14 strikeouts in his last four starts. So that's just three and a half strikeouts per outing over the last four. But again, we're not going to be too concerned about that at this point. Um, getting down 4 nothing though, hurt in this one. But give Shields credit also, because he did get out of the first inning. He battled, didn't have his great stuff, didn't have command, didn't have maybe the velocity and the sharpness of some of his pitches. But he got out of a bases loaded jam in the first. He was able to settle down, throw up zeros in the third and fourth. And that, no doubt, was key in the Royals staying even keel enough to pour six runs in in the top of the fifth. So you go from down in the dumps to high as a kite, right? Top of the fifth rolls around. You haven't done anything the whole game offensively. And the inning becomes even more improbable when you consider Lorenzo Cain struck out leading off the inning as he continued his string of trying to pull everything outside and off the plate, as we've been discussing that since the Toronto series. But anyway, he strikes out to start that inning there in the fifth. So one out, your spot, you know, the, the, the Royals spotted the Cardinals one out there, but then they dug in with extra base power. This just becomes more improbable by the second because you have a double by Moose, a triple by Eski, then James Shields with two strikes, a little hanger floating up there from Jaime Garcia, cranks that into the left center gap for a double. James Shields doubled, so that's three extra base hits in a row. Oh, but the Royals weren't done. How about a fourth, a double by Noriaoki? A line out, no, uh, I almost called him Nomar Garcia Parra, Omar Infante. <laughs> you don't know where that came from. Omar Infante lines out to deep left, just about made it five in a row for extra base hits. A hit by pitch to Eric Hosmer. That was the key bat of the inning. Two strikes on Haas against the lefty. Didn't look strong the entire night, was swinging at pretty much everything. To get hit by that pitch with two strikes, oh. you know, that was big. And then Alex Gordon comes up, unloads again. A three-run shot, six runs in that fifth inning after the Royals gave the Cardinals an out to start the inning. That's one, two, three, four, five extra base hits and one inning for the Royals, who go ahead 6-4, right? Now you're high as a kite. You're up 6-4. to four. You got James Shields. That's all they're getting tonight, you're, you're telling yourself. I'm sure you were, because I was. I believed that would be it. And it probably could have been had Mike Moustakis not made a key error there, as right away... In the bottom of that inning, Moustakis, a big error, 
and Shields allows two more runs. I'll be both of them unearned. The game is once again tied. You're depressed again now because everyone's favorite whipping boy, Mike Moustakis, made a big error there. People kind of forget that he had a big double there earlier in the half inning. But fair enough. He's in there. He's not producing overall at the plate for the entire season. He's in there for his defense. We keep hearing that. That's not good, especially after a wild throw earlier. Not wild, but a high throw to Eric Hosmer earlier. The Royals won that challenge. It was nearly two errors in the first few innings by Mike Moustakis. So not what you want to see there, but... You know, you're tied now, and Casey, of course, goes one, two, three on the top of the six. By now, you're just panicking, right? <laughs> As a Royals fan, you know we are, we got this place honestly. You know, 25 years of this put us in this place. We didn't. We're not, we're not really that negative. It's just what always happens. So by now, it's just all these years you're just like defeated almost, right? And then Shields comes out and rewards your defeated attitude by serving up a home run to Peter Borges, and now. It's 7-6, and at this point, you're trying to avoid all sharp objects around your house. You're, you're walking away from the knife drawer, you know, <laughs> the cutting boards. You're, you're just avoiding the kitchen right now because you're not feeling good down 7-6 in the 7th. You're able to temporarily walk away from the knife drawer because you have to come see Wilking Rodriguez make his Major League debut because you're a Royals fan and you live for Major League debuts because they're hope, they're future. And Rodriguez didn't disappoint. He got the cards 1-2-3 in the 7th. That won't be talked about, but that was key, too. Rodriguez coming in, shutting him down. And then the 8th, finally, the Royals come back and tie the game up. Improbable enough again with two outs. Alcides Escobar dumps a blooper into shallow left, scoring Salvi. Wade Davis carves up the Cardinals in the 8th. So the game's tied. You're now back to kind of even keel, a little bit nervous, because once again, the ninth inning begins with Noria Oki grounding out, so you're like, oh, gosh. But then the Royals once again start a one-out rally. Omar Infante right down the right field line. I love seeing him take that ball to right field. We've been talking about that since Toronto. Great to see that Eric Hosmer, a single to left. That's all the Royals needed with one, two, three. Holland coming in, adding two strikeouts, fuel to the fire for the Cardinal struggles. Royals win it. That's the first ever clap on a Davos dish right there. That's genuine excitement, ladies and gentlemen. The bullpen once again tonight, three and two-thirds scoreless innings. And don't look now, but the Royals are just five back at Detroit, who's now three and seven their last ten, just five back at Detroit, and only two back of the wild card with a lot of season left. So here's how I look at things. You come home now for a key eight-game homestand. Here's the deal. You got two with the Cardinals. It's essentially the same series. So and then you got four with the Yankees and two with the Indians. It's an eight-game homestand. Four and four, worst case. But really, let's go five and three here, and let's leave Kansas City at exactly 500 heading into mid-June. If you could be exactly at 500, then you've kind of mostly gotten yourself out of the hole you dug. Mostly. Not completely, but you're almost there. You want to really be two or three games over 500 by mid-June at the, at the worst. But get back to 500 after this homestand, five and three. You might say, well, how are you going to go five and three? The Royals have some tough pitching matchups the next two. You're going to have to split these next two. They're going to have to grind out one win against St. Louis. you got to split the four versus the Yankees, and you've got to sweep the two-game set with the Indians because you have to start winning in the AL Central also. And the Indians are a team that's been, you know, most of the year behind you in the standings. They're right with you. You've got to start winning games in the Central. you got to sweep Cleveland. you got to split the Cardinals, split the Yankees. That puts you at 5-3 five and three and 500 hitting the road. It probably puts you four back in Detroit or maybe right where you're at and probably right where you're at. You probably basically just maintain where you are, two back and five back. But that's fine. They get you back to 500, and then you can start doing some things again. The first step needs to be getting back to 500 before we start overly an analyzing the teams in front of us and all that, especially since it's only early June. I mean, we're 
two months away from really talking about that. I understand that. I'm just saying here. Pointing out that KC is still right there. Some of that is by default, but the Royals are doing a good job in this tough stretch. I mean, they split with Toronto. They've taken the first two now with the Cardinals. It's a tough stretch, and if the Royals respond, then they're starting to earn their way back in the standings, and we should treat them as such because these are good teams they're playing right now. So tomorrow, like I said, it's going to be tough to get that split against the Cardinals. You have Jason Vargas against Adam Wainwright. Adam Wainwright's going to be smelling blood after he got roughed up his last outing against San Francisco. Seven earned runs against the Giants. Still, though, the guy's only got a 2-3-2 ERA. Filthy. 8-2 at the 2-3-2. Getting 81K, so 85 innings, nearly a K per inning. And yeah, with the Cardinals losing two in a row and Wainwright losing, he's coming for blood tomorrow. So the Royals, realistically, let's be realistic. We said Mike Burley... Last Saturday, the Royals needed to get three runs and seven innings against Burley. I'm going to say the same thing against Wainwright. Get him out after seven innings and push across three runs tomorrow. Find a way. Grind three runs in. I don't care if you have to bunt a little bit, do some hit and run, whatever it takes. Get three runs in tomorrow and hope that Jason Vargas can go six-plus innings of three-run ball as well. Get the game to the bullpen. We have the better bullpen. I like our chances, although Wade Davis will not be available tomorrow. That hurts a little bit, but Kelvin Herrera will. He's been very good this year, and Greg Holland will as well. So we'll see what happens tomorrow for the Royals. On Thursday, they then have Michael Waka. So things really aren't any easier on Thursday either against Ace Ventura. Coming off that injury, I'm assuming Ventura is probably going to be on a 90 pitch count or so, hoping for five innings out of him on Thursday. But Waka is 4-3 and three with a 2-4-5, and he's getting over a strikeout per inning, 75 and 73 innings pitch. So these two are both Cardinals' uh, favorite matchups, if you're neutral, if you're being honest. But the Royals need to split these. You know, you can't keep splitting four-game series as, as they've done all year when you get swept by the Astros and get swept by the Twins and lose three out of four to Cleveland and find yourself four under 500 going into this series. You got to find a way now to split these next two. You got to keep the, keep the momentum going, get yourself back to two under 500 going into the Yankees and find out a way to sweep Cleveland. So let's, let's get one of the next two. It's got to happen. No excuses. Good teams beat good starting pitch and the Royals have got to win one of these next two games at home. Get out there and support the boys in blue. By the way, I talked to Toby cook again. Tickets are going quick. For the next two nights and the Yankees for Derek Jeter's send-off. But they're still available. There's still tickets available. Monday, there's a big 45% off sale. Get out there and support the boys in blue. Because you know the Cardinals are probably going to have a solid 50-50 the next two nights. But if we can just get even a few hundred, couple thousand more Royals fans out there and swing it back in our favor, I think that would help out a lot with the team. And I'm hoping this, you know, winning the first two will motivate Royals to go out and sell out these next two Royals fans, that is. Go out there and sell out these next two games. Same with the Yankees, though. You know, all your diehard Yankees fans who have never been to New York their whole life that are from Olathe are going to make that long drive in, that whole 25-minute drive in. Diehard, long-time Yankees fans, you know. Been with the team forever. Whatever. Losers. I can't stand home fans that go against the home team because they aren't winning. That's it for tonight here on Clubhouse Conversation. Nice win for the Royals, and we will be in touch again tomorrow. After game three of this set, let's hope the Royals get a split. How nice would it be if they just win tomorrow? Just get it out of the way. So then truly Thursday is a gravy game if there's ever been such a thing. So let's go out and get that one tomorrow. But if not, stay away from the kitchen. Stay away from the sharp objects. We can still get the goal on Thursday. Good night, Rails fans.